Today on Locked On Knicks, overwhelming defense and exceptional ball movement leads to a dominant victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Have the New York Knicks played like championship contenders since acquiring OG Ananobi? You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Knicks, and today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And I wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day because we're now available on any platform you could possibly want to find us. That includes on YouTube. So be sure to hit that notifications bell and that subscription button to never miss an episode. And then do the same on your audio podcast platform of choice because it would make me very happy. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster, and I've been covering the NBA for the last eight seasons. Rolling solo tonight without my typical partner in crime, Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the New York Knicks, now 5-0 post the OG Ananobi trade, a dominant 112-84 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I, I want to dive deep on this game because it was it was a pretty exceptional one for the New York Knicks, and, and they did all, all that classic Knicks stuff, right? The, the hallmarks of those 1970s championship teams, defense, ball movement. It was a whole lot of fun. But before I do that, um, I decided to take some questions tonight. And the most interesting one I want came from a gentleman by the name of, at least on the on on the on the app formerly known as Twitter, Typhulsion is a fraud at the real body. And uh, he, presumably he wants to know, on a scale of one to ten, how sold are you on the Knicks as contenders, and why did you pick ten? So I, I think this question is a good jumping off point for kind of a broader discussion on where the Knicks have been since the OG and Anobi trade. Well, as noted before, they are now 5-0 and undefeated. I believe the only NBA team, um, I'm going to double check this real quick. Yep, the only NBA team uh, that is undefeated over their past five games. So that's pretty good um, for a start. Their offense is, is ninth in basketball um, since that happened. Um, their defense, though, that's where I really want to zoom in. They are first in defensive rating by 7.4 points. So if you are watching on YouTube, you see the graphic now on the screen. The Knicks in their last five games post the OG and an OB trade, a 120 offensive rating and a 100 defensive rating. Um, that 100.2, I should say, defensive rating. That's 100.2 points allowed per 100 possessions. The next best team is the New Orleans Pelicans. They allow 107.4 points per hundred possessions. So that gap between one and two is the same as the gap between two and 13. Um, the Orlando magic who allow 114.7 points per hundred possessions. So not only have the Knicks been the best defense in basketball, they've been that by a substantial number of standard deviations away relative to the mean throughout the NBA. I've, I've been taking statistics in a while, so I might've just totally botched the usage of those terms. The point is they have been overwhelmingly dominant on defense and for, for those of you who, who aren't uh, fully getting how incredible that is, um, the, the perspective I chose to take on it is what happened after Mitchell Robinson got hurt. For those seven or eight games after, not only the, were the Knicks the worst defense in all of basketball, they were the worst defense in basketball by about three points. They were giving up about 130 points per 100 possessions. Again, they are down to 100 now 
That previous mark was the worst in NBA history by an impossibly substantial margin. And part of that is just the way basketball is going. The defense the Knicks are playing now would actually be pretty darn good in any era of basketball, or at least at least the vast majority of them. So that is incredible in and of itself. And the fact that the Knicks were starting to tighten things up ever so slightly before the trade is one thing. The fact that they've gone from, again, literally the worst by a large margin to far and away the best is an exceptional testament to OG Ananobi, and it's an exceptional testament to playing a much easier schedule than they were playing after the Mitchell Robinson injury. But that being said, the gap is so substantial, I, I don't think it should be um, dismissed quickly. They are also, over those five games, winning by 20 points per game. And again, the schedule has not been great over this run uh, for the New York Knicks. They have not played a lot of exceptionally good teams. Uh, that being said, they did beat the Timberwolves, uh, best team in the Western Conference. They did beat the Sixers, um, at least by um, advanced metrics. I, I would say the pretty clear-cut second-best team in the Eastern Conference um, behind the Boston Celtics. And they continue, um, as they've done all season, despite um, Mitch, then no Mitch, despite RJ and IQ, then no RJ, then IQ, despite no OG, and now OG. They continue to dominate the worst teams in the NBA. They're now 15-1. and one against teams with a losing record, which I believe now ties them with the Denver Nuggets for the best record in basketball against teams with a losing record. So to circle back to the question, I'm going to throw it up on the screen again in case you forgot um, during my long-winded rambling. On a scale of 1 to 10, how sold are you in the Knicks' contenders and why did you pick a 10? Um, I am going to say, as 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 in, in, in terms of the conversation being a championship contender, uh, I'm going to say a 2. And that that might it might have a lot of you at home groaning and a lot of you pessimistic, but I say it too as the version of the team right now. If I were to say what they might look like by the end of the season with another addition, probably go up to about a four, three or four, and that might not seem high, but I think it's worth noting that if you ask me this number anytime this millennia outside of the 2012-13 season, I don't think I would have ever gotten higher than a three. So I'm going to say that number is is pretty darn high. Um, the Knicks are a player away from being a championship contender, and that is because their offense is still not quite at that level. The, them being ninth in offensive rating, there's not been a team in, in recent NBA history, let's call it the last 20 years, with an offensive rating that low to win an NBA championship. The 04 Pistons might have been there. I got I to gotta do some more research on that and get back to you guys. But it, it, is, it is not common you you need to have an elite offense to win an NBA championship um certainly in the modern era and the Knicks right now are good on that end of the floor they've been playing well on that end of the floor and in fact before this trade they were one of the elite offenses in basketball um but without Emmanuel quickly without RJ Barrett for all of his inefficiency did bring a lot of shot creation to the table um they're a team that's capable as they as they did tonight of going nearly Nine minutes without a field goal. Um, they, again, I'll say they get nearly nine minutes without a field goal. They did it uh, similarly against the Sixers, where they went like half a quarter, I think, without a point. Unless I'm unless I'm just making that up, they certainly went half a quarter without a field goal against the Sixers. Um, and you see these these long droughts right now, and that's not a concern for me in terms of the Knicks being good because the Knicks are very clearly good. That is a concern for me in terms of the Knicks being great. And against the best teams in the NBA, while the Knicks have had these stretches against teams like the, the Sixers, um, who are one of the best teams in the NBA, we're not having a great night. Um, and Portland, who is abjectly terrible, um, e even with how good the Knicks defensively are, 
Um, <laughs> I'm talking like Yoda right now. Um, teams are going to score points on them. Um, just inevitably as you, as you play the Miami Heat, you play the Boston Celtics, you play the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, stars are too good. Um, and we, we have to see just how much those defensive numbers for the Knicks sustain. And I think, I think they're fairly sustainable in the sense that I think the Knicks have a top five defense in basketball. Do I think they have far and away the best defense in basketball? No, I think that's a product of, of playing some crap teams, particularly the Wizards and uh, the Trailblazers back to back, who I, I, I think are, are just about uniquely offensive inept this side of the Detroit Pistons. Like it, it is ugly, 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 ugly watching these teams play basketball right now. The Knicks had something to do with that. Did they have everything to do with that? I don't quite know. And I think the other issue there for me is that is the personnel outside of OG just isn't that of a truly special defensive team. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein is a very good defensive center in that he's fantastic rim protector, really good rebounder. Um, solid on the perimeter. He is probably a notch below a Mitchell Robinson um, and a couple notches below someone like Rudy Gobert, just because he doesn't quite have that size, length, and athleticism of those types of guys. Jalen Brunson, um, despite his great ability to take charges, despite the fact that he's playing smarter, I, I hesitate to call a liability on that end of the floor at this point, but in the playoffs is certainly someone who could be targeted, and I would still classify as below average. Julius Randle, uh, since the trade, has been playing with substantially more effort and focus, which if he continues, um, he is a perfectly fine defensive player who might even top out as above average. But given that Julius Randle's entire track record on the Knicks is not playing that way, I'm going to have to see it for a little bit longer to ultimately believe it. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, really good playmaker. takes some unnecessary risks. Um, solid one-on-one, -on -one, very capable of, of taking the second best perimeter player, which he's getting to do now that um, the Knicks have OG Ananobi in the lineup. So that's fantastic. Um, he is he's good, not great defensively. Someone like Quentin Grimes, if, if the Knicks were to choose to move him back into the starting lineup at some point, which I'd be hesitant to do given everything DiVincenzo does for the starters. But if they put Grimes back in, I, I think I'd believe in the Knicks a little bit more as a truly elite defense. If they got Mitchell Robinson back, I would I would triple down on believing the Knicks as a truly elite defense. Again, I think they're really good. I think they're probably top five. I, I, at worst, I would say they're a top 10 defense at this point. Are they number one in the NBA by miles and miles and miles? That seems to be less likely. So I, I, I say all this to say, um, I don't believe in them as a championship contender because I don't think the defense is quite this good. And I think the offense is still a creator away that would stop them from going again, nine minutes without a field goal against a team like the Blazers. And I know tonight that was like, some of that was with Brunson and Randall on the floor. So you could call it a fluke. If you want to me, it is a product of having only two guys right now who can consistently create a shot. But at least on this night, they weren't the only two Knicks um, doing just that. Uh, who else was involved? Um, OG Ananobi. I'm going to spoil it. OG Ananobi was involved. A season high, 23 points on the New York Knicks. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about the Knicks' entire fantastic performance against the Blazers next on Locked On Knicks. But first, I got to tell you about our buddies over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So what makes FanDuel Sportsbook uh, incredibly special? Well, with the NFL regular season wrapping up, there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So that's the answer. It's America's number one sportsbook. But you need more of an explanation than that. So let me tell you. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. I'm going to say it one more time for emphasis. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose, the app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. 
like live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new explore tab. You can make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays. Alex will tell you all about those. They're fantastic. And so much more. There's so much more for me includes NBA championship odds. So if you, if you're a believer, um, unlike me, you should bet on the New York Knicks because they've gone from plus 5,500 to plus 4,500 all the way down to plus 4,200 to win an NBA championship. Um, if the Knicks make another big trade, the number is going to go down, 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 down. So get in early and make some money off your New York Knicks winning a championship by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on and making your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, we are back on Locked on Knicks uh, talking a 112-84 to victory over the Portland Trailblazers, and that was keyed by our guy, OG Ananobi, who Clyde Frazier will at some point maybe call Ananobi. I, I miss him saying that. It, it seems like he's gotten the name down. Gus Johnson didn't, didn't totally have the names down tonight, but that is a story for another time. 23 points, four rebounds for OG, and it was it was just a sublime all-around performance that started off with, at one point, 11 points in a row in the first quarter, three of them coming on corner threes. And, and I think um, I think what we've learned about OG at this point is that he is, uh, for, for all the incredible things he does on the basketball floor, he's not a self-creating maestro. But on nights where the Knicks are pushing the pace, when Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle are selflessly moving the basketball, when Dante DiVincenzo gets to get involved as a secondary creator, OG is going to get quality shots and OG is capable of taking advantage of quality shots. One of the best corner three point shooters in all of basketball was volcanic there tonight. And I, I think he further leverages that ability with his strength in moving off the basketball. So what do I mean by that? Um, OG got a hard closeout on one play to the wing, drove by his defender, got into the lane, doesn't really have the stuff to get all the way to the rim and finish, at least consistently did it once tonight on a beautiful R.J. Barrett-esque spin move. Um, but this time, he kicked it out to Dante DiVincenzo. He, he said, all right, that just because I got it to Devo and he's an elite shooter, that doesn't mean the play is over. I'm going to keep moving. Keeps on circling. Finds his way to the corner. DiVincenzo drives. Sees OG breaking open. Shuffles it back to him. And OG nails the three. Um, hit another one in the left corner to ultimately finish with 16 points in the first quarter. That one came out a quick pass up the floor from Julius Randle. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I am loving that from Julius this year, that he is so consistently, like when he's bringing the ball up, he's getting off the ball quickly. He's not he's not saying like, hey, the assist has to come for me backing my way down, drawing two or three defenders, pumping, pumping, stepping through, contorting my body. Um, in, in some impossible way and spraying it out the opposite direction for some crazy magical assist. I can get a really simple one. If I'm coming up the floor and the defense is asleep, I'm getting that ball into the hands of my shooter as quickly as humanly possible, as accurately as humanly possible. And he's going to get me an assist. And, and he is doing that um, consistently and with enthusiasm and, and the way him and Jalen Brunson have just proactively moved off the basketball since this trade has been wonderful. And if I were to have a little theory on that, it would, it would kind of come down to the fact that they just, they, they don't have to do, um, or they don't have to share the ball as much, I guess. And, and, and that sounds counterintuitive, but what I mean by that is they have so much time on the ball because there isn't an RJ Barrett. There isn't an Emmanuel quickly. They're not so reticent to then give up the basketball in some possessions because they know they're going to get their time to cook one-on-one. -on -one. 
Um, but yeah, OG, OG was amazing in this one. I, I referenced it before, but um, that spin into a lefty layup was 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 beautiful. Like beat another another closeout for a layup. Uh, Tom Thibodeau wanted him to go for for thirty probably because he kept him in the game like halfway through the fourth quarter when the Knicks were up by thirty five before eventually taking him out with like uh, six seven minutes left. So I guess it was a little bit more before halfway through the fourth quarter. Um, he had an awesome transition swat one on one on um, Jeremy Grant. It was it was just a strong strong night for OG probably um, outside of the, I'm gonna I'm gonna call the Timberwolves game the first game his best this was his second best performance as a New York Nick um, some other standouts um, for the Knicks um, let's let's go through it um, Julius Randle uh, he was really good again 20 points eight assists seven rebounds tied for team high plus 31 um, it was a little bit of everything with Julius I mentioned the the throw aheads for him. But just just the way he's running, I've like like it, it's been it's been increasingly true since the first stretch of the season where he uh, really struggled. But he he is running more than I ever seen him have throughout his NBA career. And for some reason, since the Knicks have gotten OG like that has really encouraged him to run. I think it's just because the Knicks have, are better at turning defense into offense and are creating more turnovers, but it's unlocking this part of his game. That is just awesome because he is so efficient in transition and he's getting easy layup after easy layup. And it's not always just in pure transition. Sometimes it's in semi-transition where the defense just isn't fully settled. And he's just comes barreling down the lane, head of steam, all 260, 270 pounds of him is like hitting this like ridiculous. And one runner um, he's, he's, he's dribbling ahead and, and passing like, one where like um like he kicked it to Brunson in the corner for a three. Like he he's just finding like easy buckets over and over and over again. Like another one where he drove like double pump pass to Grimes who relocated off of it. Like he's just playing good, clean basketball right now. And you and you look at the statistics and and they're that of of not just an all-star, but of an all NBA player. Like in his is five games um coming into this one, uh put up like 28 eight and five, I, I think were the stats on it. Like he has been ridiculous. Oh, and one, one more stat in Ananobi because I, I, I forgot to drop it earlier. Um, in, in his first five games as a Nick, he is, has a plus minus of a hundred point of not a hundred point 11 of 111. He's the first player in NBA history to post a plus minus North of a hundred in his first five games with a franchise. Again, OG Ananobi, you're insane. We love having you here. Julius Randall, same deal. I thought Jalen Brunson, was really good in this one. The the passing was, was there on a night where he shot just three for 11, um, like had a ridiculous one where like he, like where OG was cutting to the rim and, and Brunson was like about to shoot a three. And then he thought better of and just whipped it to OG for a reverse jam. Um, just kept making the extra pass like over and over and over again. And it, it compounded, it was the Knicks like having advantages against a team like Portland because Portland just doesn't really have great defenders. Um, but instead of just settling like on the first advantage, and that would, that would be Jalen Brunson um, saying like, all right, like I'm going to beat my man and get a wide open step back jumper. He'd beat his man and say, all right, how can I, like I, I ripped open a hole in, in the paper door. Like I know weird analogy, but just go with it. Like, how can I rip the hole even further? He'd make the next pass and the next guy, everything like, all right, even bigger hole. How can I make the hole even bigger on and on and on until you were getting dunks and layups and open threes. And I thought, what Brunson and Randall did in this game, um, like, like epitomized that and, and, and set the tone for it. And, and it, it led to like the second unit coming in and Josh Hart was doing that. And Deuce McBride was doing that. And Quentin Grimes was doing that. And, and you, you always hear passing is contagious. And I thought tonight was just 
an exceptional example of that for the New York Knicks. Um, we are going to talk uh, next on Locked On Knicks. Deuce McBride, another big game for him. Quentin Grimes, he got cooking late in this one. Uh, maybe quickly run through a couple other guys, answer some more of your questions. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our good buddies over at BetterHelp. All righty. Uh, this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. So around New Year's, we all get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. I have always been guilty of that in my life where I, I make a resolution and then I'm, I'm trying so hard to stick to it and I'm, I'm really pushing myself, I'm killing myself and it's just causing stress and stress and stress and eventually my body is exhausted, I'm emotionally exhausted and I just I just kind of break down and I go back to doing whatever the bad thing I was doing before and and I never I never really actually like solve the issue and I never complete the resolution um and and that's because uh, sometimes we're a little grandiose in our goals for ourselves and and a good way to put goals in perspective and and make achievable and approachable goals is through the help of therapy because therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked MBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. All right, uh, let's let's finish running through this uh, big win over the Blazers. Dante DiVincenzo, um, I mentioned it earlier, but I thought he was excellent. Only 19 minutes, uh, 13 points, four rebounds to assist in this one. Continue to shoot great from three, three for eight in this game. Um, and, and he is just like, I know the conversation right now is, is really about upgrading the Dante DiVincenzo spot, right? When we talk about trading for like a Malcolm Brogdon or DeJounte Murray, like, um, a, a lot of, a lot of the guys, like even like someone like Tyus Jones are, are more so to upgrade the bench, but I think it's with the idea that they can also finish a game for the Knicks and, 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 and impact, um, scoring and impact creation more than DiVincenzo does. But I think sometimes they're taking for granted, um, all the incredible stuff that Dante DiVincenzo brings to the table. Again, a top 10, three point shooter in basketball right now. And beyond that, just his activity, his unselfishness, his basketball IQ, I think elevates, um, this entire offense and, and and the defensive playmaking, like the first bucket of the game, like you got to pick two. Like it feels like he's getting one of those every single game right now. And he just just helps in so many little ways that I wonder if you could bring in someone who's nominally a better player and yet their impact relative to their cost would not be all that outsized compared to Dante DiVincenzo. Um, Deuce McBride, another hot shooting night, four for seven from three. 16 points, the, the shooting from the G League, now that he has that contract, now that he has that guaranteed role, is starting to translate in a more consistent way than we've seen from him in the past. Again, we're going to need a larger sample size. We're going to have to see if it keeps going, but I thought I thought his, I thought his the shot making was great. I um, had another really nice cut off Isaiah Hartenstein. Those two have um, just elite chemistry together. Like there's, there's just something special there. Like maybe it was his reps on, on the bench, like playing together, like that first off season, they just got a rhythm and it, it hasn't gone away since on um, the only thing with Dante um, or not Dante with deuce um, is there was like one play where he got the ball and he was like, Julius Randall was being crowded and, and deuce just like added to it by only being three, four feet away from him. ended up getting a shot block, getting it back and then eventually making the shot. But that's the kind of thing where, where you want to position around the three point line. And, and I, this, this was something I noted on another show 
But I, I think that's something that's just going to come with time. And, and Deuce has not gotten a lot of reps in his career playing with Julius Randle. Um, so just, just the more time he has as the backup and, and Randle playing with that backup unit. Um, I, I think Deuce is going to know more and more where to be on the floor. And he's going to get more and more threes um, because of it. He's already doing a pretty good job in that respect. Grimes hit this huge setback three right after the Knicks were ending that long drought. Um, to start the third quarter and, and then just down the stretch. Um, even though it was kind of in garbage time, the shot making from him was really impressive. I want to see him get more involved, get more minutes earlier in ball games. And I, I honestly, I know Tibbs seems reticent to do it. I would not mind seeing him on the ball, like bring the ball up the court when he's in with the bench. Like, I don't think it would be substantially different um, than what we are seeing um, from Deuce McBride playing that role. Um, Don Quinn Grimes, remember point guard in high school, best in the country. So maybe, maybe let's see it. His handle looks like it's gotten better. Um, I just, just want to have some moments like run, running an offense. Like I, I don't know if he can do it, but I think this is a good time to test because Deuce can't totally do it yet either. Um, Josh Hart had some really nice pass in this game. Hartenstein, some really nice pass in this game. Precious Achua, just one for nine. Um, I like the activity for him. And that leads us in to, um, one of our questions. I mean, you're going to see me put a bunch of them up on the board. Um, because, um, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Found it. All right. From Clyde Frazier fan account at Frazier Frazier. Does Sims deserve the minutes that precious is getting? Um, I'm going to say that's a little premature. I think precious Achua has accomplished more than, uh, Jericho Sims has in the NBA. And though Sims is, is solid as a switch defender, we've seen precious have some really nice plays there. Like, like, I don't think I got a chance to mention it in the Sixers show, but he had this, this absurd poke away guarding Tyrese Maxey one-on-one. He did the um, exact same thing tonight. Like, um, I can't remember which guard it was on Portland. It might have been um, Scoot Henderson. I'm not, I'd have to go back and check the film. Um, but again, like on a switch, poked it away. And I saw our guy Benji Ridholtz like tweet out a clip of it on Twitter. Like the lineup was, I think it was OG, Deuce, Randall, and Precious, and maybe Grimes all playing together. And it was legitimately a lineup where the Knicks could switch one through four or, or like at times even like, like three through five, like pretty seamlessly without issues. And Achua, like that's that's why the Raptors loved him. Like he's super long, he can guard on the perimeter, has very quick hands, and and to me, you're unlocking a lot of that. And while Sims, like that, that's his been his strength as a player. I think Precious is even a little bit better at that. And while he is yet to um, shoot well from three or shoot well from anywhere as a Nick, um, I think that could be coming and and provide some nominal spacing that Jericho Sims just isn't really close to being ready to provide. So I would give Precious Achua a little bit of a a longer a longer rope. Um, a longer leash. I don't really know what the appropriate term there is, but more time is, is, is the right way to say that. Um, LFG Knicks at NYG to since he should the Knicks be running a Brunson OG pick and roll when Randall sits, how effective might it be? This is an interesting idea because someone pointed out in the follow-up comment, um, OG Ananobi is super strong and a great dunker, um, but he's not really a roller. Like I, in fact, I looked up the, the data just to see if he'd been used as a roller in Toronto at all this year. Um, he hasn't been. He's not in the top 149 rollers um, in the NBA database, which means um, he's, he's either hasn't rolled to the basket all this year in a pick and roll, or it's been a negligible amount of possessions. Um, either way, that is just not really his game. I see what you're saying. I could see him being used as a pick and pop guy because he's a screener. And I think he will continue to do work cutting off the basketball that is functionally a roll, but just without setting the screen beforehand. And the other issue for the Knicks there that makes that really difficult is that they um, always play a center that likes to hang around the rim. If you had a lineup with Julius Randle at the five, and you stretch five, like I could see them going in that direction. Of course, Obi Toppin, that's something that he is really, really good in the Knicks never really went that way. So I don't really see it happening. 
Um, let's see. That was the stat. Um, all blue Knicks at all blue Knicks is Brogdon still a target with Dusat playing him. Um, absolutely. I, I don't do Dusat played him tonight. Um, on the season, Deuce is not anywhere close to the same universe as Malcolm Brogdon at this point, at this point is not in the same, uh, universe as an offensive player. Um, just in general as Malcolm Brogdon, who's one of the elite three point shooters in basketball who averages like five assists per game, who's still a, a very, solid driver and finisher because he's super bulky and is just a bowling ball going downhill and knows how to run a team just from being 30 years old versus deuce who's not gotten a lot of reps doing that in the nba yet so deuce um, could be awesome might be awesome has been awesome the last few games he is not malcolm brogdon yet um which current Knicks rotation play what who would each nerd's rotation player be if they were avengers i'm gonna uh Save that one Bugsy um, for our next mailbag pod because I, I, I put this in the comment on Twitter, but I want to give Alex a shot at that question. Brandon Olson, fellow uh, locked honor, Brandon Olson. Shout out to Brandon Olson at WNS underscore Brandon. Is the RJ Barrett's OG and an OB deal the greatest trade of all time? I'm going to say yeah, because Toronto is doing awesome. RJ, 37 points the other day. Shout out to him. Manuel quickly has been killing it. Plus minus God. And the New York Knicks keep saying it are amazing. OG and Anobi in terms of plus minus is the best start ever for a player on a new team. So everyone wins. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about it. No, no sour grapes here. Um, last one, the way the Knicks are routing teams, do they still need to trade for Brogdon or Murray? That comes from Bill Gates at new vibes boss. Um, it depends what your goals are for this year. Um, is, is your goal to be a second round team again? Um, if it is, then, then no, they don't. Is your goal to, Try to compete for an NBA Finals um, run? Uh, maybe. I still don't think if they do those moves, they're particularly close to beating the Boston Celtics, but injuries happen. Um, teams fall apart. You never really know. Um, so maybe maybe, maybe you do want to make that trade just in case. I, 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 as I said at the beginning of the show, and I'll say it wrapping up, I think there is a cap ceiling without a move. With a move, um, sky's the limit for this team. Uh, they are really good, and they're one more creator away from maybe being really great. Um, but that is a conversation to be continued another day until that day comes. Uh, more mailbag questions to be answered, more great guests to have on. Um, but until then, I'm Gavin Shaw. This was Locked on Knicks. We'll talk to you very, very soon.